Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alexander, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? It's 499-9526. That's 499-WJBO. Got every one of our lines wide open. Go ahead and give us a call. Get you up at the top of the list. Get your questions answered. That's right. Right now is the perfect time to call. It is. You know, you may think of something after we go off the air or maybe later on during the week right. you'd like an answer to. You yeah. can always visit the website. That's right. It's uh, www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Easy way to remember that's Altazan's Garage Company. That'll get you to our site, and there's a contact bar on every page. You can right. send us an email any time of the day or night, and Louis will get it back to you. Yeah, generally within 24 hours, I'm going to get an answer back. And if you hadn't gotten an answer within 24 hours, please just send it again because cyberspace being what it is, you type one wrong character. I mean, it's, That's it, it's, and it's gone. Yeah, I can't respond to you because when I do, it just pops right back to me. So if you hadn't gotten an answer back for me within 24 hours, go ahead and send it again. I guarantee I'll get you an answer. I never ignore emails. That's right. And that's just one of the things you can do. There's tons of other things. For instance, the detailed topic section, which is a real in-depth piece of information on a specific topic. Put one on there this morning on the instrument panel clusters. On the GM? Yeah, the cups. general motors. Well, not only the pickups, the cars are having the same problem, right. although they haven't acknowledged that yet. But the Impalas and the Malibus right. use the exact same servo motor, and they have the same problem with those as well. So... If you have had any kind of instrument panel problems, your tack squeaking or your geometer jumping or hanging up or reading wrong, temperature gauge, oil pressure gauge, you might want to read that article and uh, find some good information. It has some pictures on there, shows you how it all works and uh, what can be done about how you can fix it. Good. Isn't there some kind of bulletin out, technical service bulletin out on those? There's actually a recall out, uh, which covers the pickups and the Suburbans and the Tahoes, I think. Well, I'm not sure about Tahoe's, but covers some of them up to 70,000 miles. Right. Which, unfortunately, most of them show up around 80. 75, <laughs> 76, yeah. Yeah, it is kind of funny the way that worked out, but uh, <laughs> that, that's the way it goes. So, But, yeah, tons and tons of information on there. Pop on there and see what you think. It's www.agcoauto.com. I think you'll really like it, and lots of good information on there as well. We're going to our phone lines with Al. Good morning, Al. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I have an 01 GMC Sierra. Okay, sir. And a couple of days ago, I got a check engine soon light. Okay. And I was thinking yesterday about it, I had just recently filled up with gas. So I took my gas cap off, checked it off real good, put it on straight, yes, and got it down good and tight. And shortly after that, my light went out. Okay. Assuming that was the problem, mm-hmm. is that code still in there? And am I going to yes. get a reject for no, inspection sticker Monday? Yes and no. The code will still be in there, but it will be in history, not an active file. So you should still be able to get, if the problem has corrected itself, you will be able to get a sticker. Now, this is the thing, Al. That particular test is called an EVAP test. What's kind of funny about it is that it will not run that test again until it gets to three-quarters of a tank of gas. So if you filled it with gas and you messed with the cap and that was not the problem, the light still would have went off because it was going to abort that test because the tank is now full of gas. Okay. When it gets to three-quarters of a tank, wham, the light's going to come back. And if that's the case, you will fail because it's going to still be an active code. It'll be what they call a pending code. So if I go fill my tank up again completely and the light stays out, I assume I fixed the problem? No, nope. it's still an active memory. It's just not going to run the test. It's not going to execute the test again. It's not going to clear it until it runs right. the test it's again. It's not going to clear it until it runs that test again. And it will not run a test until it gets three-quarters of a tank of gas. So are you telling me that I that I don't know whether I'm going to get you a don't reject? don't know. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> now, what, what you could do is you could take it out on the highway yeah. and knock a quarter tank of gas yeah, out knock, of knock it. knock a quarter tank of gas out see if, if it light, on. Right. If light doesn't come back on, it good. would be safe to say that you're probably in good shape. Yep. And so I won't reject. Yeah. Now, oh. a lot, they have a huge, huge, huge problem with those trucks 
with the vent solenoid on the back of the tank. GM has redesigned it as a new part, but the original part actually mounted between the crack of the bed and the cab. So when it went to the evap cycle in the rain, it sucked water into it, which wiped it out. And that's the number one cause of that particular code on a Chevy pickup. We probably do that four times a week. So there is an updated valve that actually you put, take a piece of hose and you relocate the inlet filter on it. There's a new valve that goes in there. If you go and drive it and you get to three-quarters of the tank and light pops back on, just call Lane Monday morning first thing and set up an appointment. We can get it in. We can fix that for you. It's not hugely expensive. It's not thousands of dollars or anything, but it's, it's a few hundred. There's a chance you fixed it. I mean, I, I don't want to discourage you. There is a chance you fixed it, but you got to be kind of careful because that test does not run if it's got more than three-quarters of a tank or if it's got less than a quarter of a tank. Uh-huh. It's just the parameters of the test. It has to be between three quarters and a quarter to run. And until it runs again, it's not going to clear it, and it's not going to set the light. Okay, I appreciate All right. it. All right. Okay, Al, thank, thank you very so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd sure love to have you. And we got Art online. Good morning, Art. Lewis, I have a, a 95 Lincoln Town car. All right, sir. And it was running just fine, and one night I parked it. Next morning I turned it on, and it went click, 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 I said, gee whiz, I turn it off. So what's going on here, okay? Now, you just turned the key to on, and it started doing all that? Or you tried to crank it? tried to start it. When I started, it goes click, click, click. If I keep it on, it keeps doing that, okay? Yeah. And somebody said, you got a bearing problem on your crankshaft. He says, you got a worn bearing. Well, is the car starting or is it just just cranking? No, it starts, it runs. It starts and it runs, but it's making that noise when it runs. Real loud. Click, 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 click. Yeah, I'm not real sure. I'd have to see it. Uh, Art, to tell you exactly what it is, but there's lots of pulleys and all in there. Do you do any work yourself or no? On the car? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I don't do any work myself. Okay, I was going to say, if you did, what you could try is taking a serpentine belt off and see if the noise goes away. And if it does, then it's one of the external accessories. But if you, if you don't do any work yourself on it, what I would suggest, as loud as you say it is, it might not be a bad idea to tow that thing in. Just because, let's say, it is something like the crankshaft pulley coming off, yeah. it may be as simple as putting a new pulley on it right now. But if it comes off and goes through the radiator and tears up the end of the crankshaft, well, now you, you just about total the car. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds pretty loud. I would probably tow that in and get somebody competent that you trust to look at it and see. Now, just because it's real loud doesn't necessarily mean it's real bad. It yeah. could be a relatively minor problem at this point, but yeah. ignored, it's going to get a lot worse real quick. Some guy went under the thing while it was clicking, clicking. Yes, I never sir. moved it, okay? Uh huh. Somebody went under it, and he heard it from under there, you yes, know? Yes, uh-huh. He said, man, he says it's just as loud on the underside and the center as it is on top. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It could be several different things. There's right. a lot of things in that engine that can make a noise like that. A broken flywheel can make a noise like that. That's correct. A burnt cam tower internal yeah. could make a noise like that. Broken. A loose pulley could make a noise like that. There's several things, so... What Lewis is saying is you need to get it checked as soon as you can and not right. drive it anymore. I mean, Because you could turn simple, a simple uh, problem into a horrific expensive problem right something as simple maybe a squirrel got in there and chewed on the serpentine belt and now the belt's <laughs> jumping around I me mean, i've seen that yeah. kind of stuff happen so, so i need to bring it into ag code you, you really do way. need to get it in and i would go ahead and pay the money to tow it because you could probably tow it for 75 80 dollars and it's I'm just not gonna drive it like that no no because no, so I, I mean you i had a fellow drive a car he called me one time says i got a tapping noise yeah and he drove it in and he burned the engine up and all it was was on all yeah, I wouldn't dare drive that thing in. Yeah, if he'd, if he'd yeah. just stopped it and towed it in, we could have put some oil in it. He'd have been good, but he didn't. He drove it in and he burnt the engine. So. In fact, I wouldn't even let him start it when they put it on the tow yeah, truck. Yeah, no, don't even start it anymore. Just just have him tow it on in, and we'll look at it. It shouldn't be that hard to find that problem. 
All right, I may bring it in Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay, Art. Just give Elaine a call Monday morning and schedule yourself yeah, appointment. Yeah, set up and we'll block out some time for you. Thank you, brother. All Thanks, right. sir. Bye-bye. All right, 499 a number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we've got Bruce online. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Bruce. What's well, shaking over there? Man, it couldn't be better. I, got, I keep hearing you talking about the heads on the GM pickup. Yes, sir. Yeah. I've got a 07 Classic. Yes, sir. Is there any way to check that what head it is without tearing the engine down itself? Uh, you have to take the valve cover off. But if you go on my website, there's a casting mark that is inside the valve cover that you can identify. That would be probably the only way I know, because GM's sure not going to give you any information on it. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you, you know, they say they got it fixed by 06, but that 07 is basically the same exact thing. They just took some of the 06s they had left over and, and marketed them in 07. And GM is also notorious about saying a certain range and then coming back later and adding more to it and come back later and adding more to it just because they're trying to lower the public relations debacle of, of announcing it all at once. So we don't know how many of them <clears throat> they really are. Okay, uh, what are y'all charged to check that? Are you losing any coolant? Not a bit. If you're not losing any coolant, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, I just keep a close watch on that coolant jug. As soon as it starts to go down, if it does, then I'd go ahead and get checked. Because as soon as it as soon as it cracks, you can start losing coolant. Uh, do they all do it? No, 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 not all of them at all. But a fair number do. Well, I'm between a rock and a hard place. On well, that. I just drive it. Like I say, keep an eye on your coolant. If uh-huh. your coolant never starts losing, then you're good. I mean, you don't have to worry about it. Okay. But if you do start losing coolant and you don't see a leak on the outside, then it's a good time to get it in and check it. What you don't want to do is drive around burn the engine up because you're leaking coolant in the oil. And that right. certainly ain't going to happen overnight. I mean, I've seen people driving around for three months losing coolant. We get it in, put a head on it, flush it out, and it's good. But the guys who drive around for a year and a half are the ones who are having trouble because now the, the pan's all sludged up and then probably burnt the engine up. From talking to you on the radio several times that you're a very proactive guy, and I got a feeling if that thing starts losing coolant, you're going to be right on top of it. Well, I usually check it about once a week. I yeah. check the oil and oh, water absolutely. and whatever. Good idea. That's the dead giveaway. It'll start losing coolant as soon as it does it, so you'll know. And we don't normally see that problem until around 100,000 miles. Oh, it, okay. it generally has to heat and cool several times before it cracks. Well, it's over three years old now, and it doesn't have but 36,000 miles. Yeah, well, you may not ever have that problem. But uh, what we, we generally, everyone I've seen was around 100,000 miles, and it just seems that head heats and cools and heats and cools enough cycles, it just ends cracks right there by the head boat. Uh, see. All righty. Thank you. All right, Miss Bruce. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 number. We're going to take a quick little break. Robert, hang on. You'll be straight up after the break. There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For more, we go to field reporter Jack McClinn. Dave, the alien ship has malfunctioned, and they're actually communicating with General Toms via intergalactic code. I see. Your ship is broken down. Do you want to be taken to our leader, the president? Oh, to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair, where they don't just work on cars, they fix them. Sir, he's correct. You can trust the honest, knowledgeable team at AGCO to do the job right. Sergeant, it looks like we're dealing with some highly evolved life form. Dave, I'll sign off for now, but it seems that across the universe, everyone knows that AGCO is the place to go. And if you want to learn more, go to agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Wait, there's another question. What is it, General? Well, they heard Demi Moore's back on the market and want her phone number. <laughs> like you said, a highly evolved life form.
welcome back. If you just joined us, this is the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alzan. Got my co-pilot, Brian Terry, right here in co-pilot seat. There you go. <laughs> Hey, go ahead and give us a call. It's 499-9526, and that's exactly what Robert did. Good morning, Robert. Good morning. i got to say I love this ship. All right. Um, I've got a 98 Chevy 1500 with a 4.3, and I'm losing coolant somewhere. And okay. the radiator the radiator's only a couple of years old. It's in great shape. Yes, sir. Brand new cap on it. I can't find any leaks in the lines or anything. Yeah. I don't see anything leaking externally. And I, will doing almost, this for a yeah, I will almost bet you. Robert, that the intake manifold's leaking, and it's leaking all the way in the back, usually on the right side in the back. What you have to do is get on the truck, look where the starter's at, real mm-hmm. carefully, and see if you see a little drop of orange cooling up there somewhere. Because what it does, it runs down the back of the transmission, the back of the engine where it's real hot, and it evaporates before it hits the ground. Ah, but that okay. is almost always where they leak at. Huh? And, and that's probably that one of the best trucks that Chevrolet ever built by a wide, wide, wide margin. I agree. I love it. Oh, that was a great truck. I mean, if they'd have kept that, they'd be they wouldn't be in trouble in right now. And the four point three liter is one of the best engines they ever had. They do have a problem with intake gaskets, but again, you probably got a jillion miles on it. So yeah, it's got about two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, you, oh, yeah. So you got to expect that. So, but yeah, that's almost always where they leak, particularly when you don't see them leaking. It leaks rather slow, but it's steady, and it's running down. The heat of the engine's evaporating, and I can't absolutely guarantee that's it, but I, that's where we almost always find them. All right. Well, thank you very much. All righty, man. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. Well, those are some great old trucks. You know, they that, were. That pre-Silverado era, ninety. I guess it was 98 back to 88. Yeah, yeah that body style. Man, those trucks, just, I could not tell you how many of them we see with 250, 300,000 miles on them yeah. still being driven. And when they're in the shop, they don't really need a whole lot. Well, that's a thing that's just not that expensive to fix. Like those intake gaskets on that truck, you're probably talking a few hundred dollar deal. You compare that to one of the new ones where you're talking over a thousand bucks to do the same job. Yeah. And you get much better results with that one than you do the new one. That's as far right. As re- just about everything on those older vehicles was just way, way less expensive. You know, set of tires on it, buy a good set of tires for about four, five hundred bucks. Yeah. The new ones, of course, you got 18, 20 inch tires on it. You yeah. talk a thousand. Three, three fifty a piece. Yeah. Thousand, fifteen hundred dollars for a set of tires on a pickup truck. That's it. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go back to our phone lines. We got Michael online. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How y'all doing? Doing, doing great. great. Hey, my question is along the same lines. Sure. Uh, I, I remember those days when you could almost stand under the hood. Remember those straight six? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, but um, I got a uh, 2004 mm-hmm. a Ford Explorer Sport Track, and I, yes, I, I love the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And it's got 173,000 okay. on it. I've been uh, doing the oil, doing all the regular yes, maintenance. Mm-hmm. How long, I mean, reasonably, how long could that thing last? Could I just. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you've been taking care of it, Michael, they, they can go a long, 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 long ways. Again, when you start going back before around 2007, they were building some pretty decent vehicles in the United States. They had gotten up to a point where I would say they were on a par with the Japs, but. Some reason after 2007, in my experience, they started putting so many imported parts in them. Everything's made in India, made in China, made in Taiwan, made in Korea. And that's when the quality really started dropping off. That's too bad. It really is. And I just heard a commercial, the best truck we ever built. Maybe Brian and I both about fell on the floor. You know, I said, those trucks are making me rich. (laughs) Guy asked me, what do you think about new cars? I said, I love them. You know, it's two grand every time they roll in. (laughs) But you ain't going to like it. Wow. Yeah, I would, Michael, I would keep that thing until and unless it really starts costing you a lot of money. Where we get a lot of discussion on these, so folks will come in with, say, a 2004 with that many miles on it, and they're facing, say, a, a rather large repair, let's say a $1,000 repair, and they say, well, I don't know if the car's worth it. Say, well, think about this. What's it going to cost to get something else? 
Right. Well, it's going to cost you 25 grand to get something else. So right. it's 1000 to do this, 25000 to do the other. That truck will probably go another 100,000 miles to take care of it. So I'm going to take care of it. It's all highway miles. Yeah, I mean, I would just keep on driving. What I do my when I have a repair to make on my cars, I use a $200 a month rule. I'm willing to spend $200 a month to have a car. Now, let's say I am facing a huge repair. Let's say I'm facing a $2,000 repair. Okay, well, I got to say, can I reasonably expect, if I do this repair, to go 10 more months without any significant repairs at all? I got you. If the answer is yes, then it's a pretty good deal. If the answer is no, it's time to bail. I got you. So, that, I mean, that's how I balance it out. That's just my number. But, I mean, what you could drive for 200 a month? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to pay on a note. <laughs> yeah, you, you're going to be paying two times that. I mean, you, you figure just the sales tax on a new car now is over three grand. Whoa. I mean, that'll do a fair amount of, of repair right there. Fellow was in the shop the other day, had a Suburban, and he had 100000 on it. He wanted to know if it, what it would take to get another 100000 I said, well, you may spend 6000 bucks to get another 100000 miles. Your transmission, some air conditioning works. He said, wow, it's a lot of money. I said, well, think about it. How much you spend new? He said, 45000 I said, what's it worth now? He said, five. You spend forty grand to get the first hundred thousand. <laughs> you spend six to get another hundred thousand. Pretty good deal. <laughs> you know? Pretty good deal. That's right. So I wouldn't be in a hurry to get rid of it unless it really starts giving you some trouble. It's giving me no trouble oh, yeah. at all. Well, just keep doing what you're doing, and obviously you're doing the right thing. Ten four. Okay, man. Later on. Thank you, man. Bye. Bye. Right, four nine 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 five two six. Number if you want to be part of the automotive hour, we'd love to have you. Yeah, you know, I really love hearing stories like that from folks like Michael, where they take care of their car and then they drive them out and. You know as well as I do how many cars we see with 200, 250, all up to 300,000 miles on a fairly regular basis at the shop. Yeah, yeah, we do. And the thing about it is most of them are around 2,000 model. Right. Still in good shape. That's right. They don't need a whole lot. Just a little bit of maintenance to keep them going. Well, if you big, you know, you'll have a big repair eventually. Every once in a while, yeah. You keep a car long but enough. But if you average it out, man, it is nothing. You've got Dave Seed, pilot over at FedEx. And, yeah, uh, he's got two. 98 Suburban. 299, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, almost 300,000. Right at 300,000. He takes it to Colorado about once, twice a year. Of still he, a he good-looking truck. He can afford to go to Colorado because yeah. <laughs> he's not paying on the old car, though. Know? It's still a good-looking truck, too. That's right. That's Body's right. in good shape. He Run, keeps up the maintenance on it. Runs and, great. Drives great. Yeah. And like I said, I just, we've got so many of those. I've often thought about taking putting together a gallery on the site of some of the cars we've got with two, 300,000 miles. And yeah. I just never have gotten around to doing it, but that'd be a pretty good idea, I think. Let's see. We got our phone lines all lit up. We got Mark online. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Hey, Good morning. Okay, what I've got, I just bought a used Saturn wagon. It's 95, mm-hmm. uh, automatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got the four-cylinder engine in it. Yes. But anyway, the point is, it had been set up for about four years. Uh, a couple split up, and I ended up being, they were the original owner. Okay. The transmission, most of the time, shifts very well. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, once it's driving and gets into high gear, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, just seemingly for no reason, it'll act like it's shifting back down into lower gear and the motor will race. Okay. And sometimes I'll slow down and it'll go back to normal. Sometimes I'll pull over and stop and then start over again, and then it does good again for a while. Yeah, how often does this occur? It's about once in a driving day, typically. And oh. it's not when I first start off, mm-hmm. necessarily. It's usually after it's warmed up a while. Yeah, are you getting the check engine light? No. And I have a fresh filter. It's got fresh fluid and fresh filter on it. Yeah. Uh, Saturn's got the screw-on filter. Yeah. That may be a problem outside of the transmission. That could be an electrical problem of some sort. You just have to be able to duplicate it in the shop. The only way to, to actually determine that, if there are any codes in memory, which I'd be surprised if they weren't, may or may not turn a light on, but I would start with that. If there's any internal failure codes in the transmission or any of that, then, of course, you know where to start looking there. 
If not, what you'd have to do is screw a hydraulic pressure gauge into the transmission and watch what the pressure does when the problem occurs. And if the electrical system is commanding higher pressure and you're not getting higher pressure to apply the clutches, then you have an internal problem. If it's not commanding higher pressure, then you have a problem outside of the unit, which could be electrical. But like I said, it would be a little difficult to diagnose if it doesn't occur real frequently. When you service the transmission, was there any metal or debris in the pan? No, you don't on the Saturn. You just take the, you unscrew the filter. Yes, yeah, so it's got a pan filter. on it as well, I think. But, but I haven't dropped the pan. I haven't opened it up. Because yeah. I was going to try this first before I tried to drop Yeah, the pan. I would probably, if you want to do something yourself, look inside the pan and see if there's any metal or debris in there. If it's all clean, then I would suspect it's probably an electrical issue. It could be a solenoid that's hanging up. It could be something like a throttle position sensor that's not giving the proper command. So it's not necessarily a big problem. Is it possible that could be. converter could be needing the fluid change? And no, that, no, that no, part? no, no. Torque converter doesn't cause that problem. If a torque converter is bad, it's going to do it all the time. It ain't going to just do it in one gear. Okay, all right. It's like I had a guy come to me and said, man, my car won't back up. I think torque converter is bad. I said, well, guess what? Torque converter's turning whether it's going backwards or forward, man. <laughs> See, torque converter's always turning, so whatever problem it has, you can have it all the time throughout the entire range. It's not going to be at a specific uh, Okay, and with this being like the OBD, OBD-1 system, it would store the codes the same way that newer does? Some do. You just have to see what's in there. That was when they were first changing it over. A lot of them store a fair amount. OBD-2 stores a lot more, but it, there may be some transmission codes in there. Not all of them. See, by law, only emission codes have to turn light on. If it doesn't affect emissions, they don't have to turn light on, but they do often store it just for manufacturer's purposes. So I would start with a scan of the computer and see what's in there, because if you've got a throttle position sensor error and a transmission slip code at the same, both occur at the same time, then you kind of know right where to go. So that could save you a lot of time and money. All righty. Okay. Thank you for your sir. Bye-bye. Hi, right, 499-9526 number. If you want to follow the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we got Mac on the line. Good morning, Mac. Good morning, gentlemen. I yes, appreciate your help every Saturday morning. Well, thank I you, listen sir. wherever I can. Yes, sir. 98 Chevy pickup, mm-hmm. 5.7 liter, mm-hmm. 130,000 miles. Okay. But to me, it's a 5,000-mile truck. I bought it a few months ago, there so you go. I don't know the That's history. That's right. <laughs> Leak in the radiator. Okay. Is it repairable, or should no. I look to replace, no. replace it? Replace the radiator. Replace it. Those aren't that expensive, Mac. And when they start to leak, the core is generally rotted out, or the plastic tank is cracked. Either case, there's no repair that's going to hold up for any length of time. What's going to happen is you can start ingesting air into the system, which could cause you a lot of corrosion, a lot of more problems down the road. Or it's going to blow out at the wrong time. You go overheat and blow a head gasket or something. Just go right. ahead and get it out of there. Get you a new radiator to put in and be done with it. I mean, you got to figure things 12 years old. A radiator is, is done, man. It's just time. Right. And, uh, and they're not that expensive. Answer I expected. A follow-up question is, with yes. the radiator pulled, mm-hmm. are there any other ancillary parts or repairs that would be cost-effective to do with that Well, point. yes. I would certainly drain the engine block, take mm-hmm. the two plugs out the side. It may be a knock sensor on one side. No. There's a, a regular pipe plug on the driver's side, and there's actually mm-hmm. a knock sensor on the passenger side. Right. You can take both of those out, and you can actually drain the block out from there. Right. When you get the really? radiator out, make sure that the fan shroud is not cracked anywhere, and clean the bottom of the radiator out, radiator core support out, because there's always leaves that always gets... <laughs> caught between the uh, air conditioning condenser and the radiator mm-hmm. clean all, right. all that out real well make sure it's good and clean 
That way the air will have plenty of place right. to go flow through that new radiator. You may also take the opportunity to take like a garden hose and wash through that condenser backwards. In other words, now you can get to the backside of it. Spray right. water through that condenser to wash the debris and the dust out, and that way your air conditioner will be, have a lot easier life because it gets a lot of traction on there, and, and washing it forward doesn't do much good because that's the way it went in. But you can back uh, wash that condenser real easy. Take a look at the hoses. Make sure they're okay. I mean, if they're both, if they look good, I'd reuse them. If they don't, it would be a good time to change them. But if you, you can take the radiator hose and squeeze it in your hand, mm-hmm. and if it crunches, I'd suggest changing it. Right. Or if it's kind of gooey feeling. Yeah. Right. But, but now, I wouldn't be quick. I know a lot of people say, well, I'll just go ahead and change it anyway. Well, don't be too fast because if they look real good and they're not hard and they're not gooey, that's a real good hose on there. Probably better than the hose you're going to buy. Now, so okay. leave it on as long as you can. Yeah. Something else I just thought of, too, is the thermostat. Yeah. There's no telling how long that thermostat has been in there. Right. And to, from my experience, when you drain the coolant out, if you leave it out too long, that Air thermostat will, will start to corrode and start to hang up. Mm-hmm. So it, okay. you're, you're there now. The coolant's drained right. out. The hose is off. It, two more bolts, and you can change the thermostat. Yeah, it's right there on top. Of it's right there on right. top. Get you an AC Delco thermostat. Yeah. Don't, don't get an uh, aftermarket thermostat. Now, radiators... There's a lot of really good aftermarket radiators on there. In fact, if you want to send me an email, I can give you the name of a guy who sells radiators that's real reasonable, makes a real good product. We use them all the time. have never had any trouble with them. Yeah. That and get you an AC Delco thermostat and put it in there, and you should be in good shape. I appreciate all the help. Okay, all man. right. Thank you, man. All right, 499-9526. You want to be part of the automotive? All right, we would love to have you. Hey, we got to take one more quick little break, and we'll be right back with more. There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For reaction from Washington, we go to Kit Moyer. Dave, Congress has been deadlocked for hours on a big decision. No doubt about this alien threat. No doubt. Well, Dave, my sources tell me that the alien ships have malfunctioned, and they want their repairs performed by Agco Automotive. So you're saying for all these years, Agco has been operating as an alien hub, helping in their evil plot to take over the world. No, you said that. I'm saying that these aliens know that inferior repairs work can cost you time and money down the road, and taking their vehicle to Agco means it gets fixed right the first time. So if you want to learn more about how Louis Altazan is a servant to an alien overlord, visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. Dave, you're really trying to boost ratings, aren't you? Uh, sorry. Wait, Dave, Congress is no longer deadlocked, and it looks like it's thin crust and not deep dish? Yes, people, our tax money hard at work. I'm Kit Moyer, signing off. Hey, welcome back. Just join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Altazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? They'll try to help you out and put you up at the top of the list. And we've got Beverly online. Good morning, Beverly. Good morning. Yes, Good ma'am. morning. Yes, yes ma'am. ma'am. I was calling about, I have a 2001 Chevrolet in Palo. Okay. The check engine light had came on, mm-hmm. and we done had just about everything you can name done to get that light off. As a matter of fact, just about two months ago, they said we needed a Cadillac converter. We did that. Mm-hmm. They said we needed sensors. We put every sensor in. Mm-hmm. They said we needed whatever. Whatever they needed, we got it. But yet, it's two months later, mm-hmm. and this light is still on. Well, put- what you got to remember, Beverly, is that there's one light, and it's about 2,000 things that can make it come on. So the only way to know whether you're getting a good deal or you're getting taken down the road is to go to the original invoices that you got. And if you went to the right shop, they're going to have the codes written on there that they were trying to fix. 
It'll start with like a P, and it'll be like a PO420 or a PO430 or a PO780 or something like that. Now, uh-huh. if the receipt that you got does not have that information on it, you're in the wrong shop, and there's no telling what's happened up to this point. But uh-huh. anytime you get your car fixed, you should get a receipt back, and it should have written on there which code they are addressing. Now, let's say you get a code PO171, which is a lean engine code. Okay, they go in and they fix that. Well, let's just say three weeks later, a PO780 comes in there. Well, that's a different issue. And there's only one light, but there's a lot of things can make it come on. But let's say the same code comes back again. Well, now, either they misdiagnosed it or it didn't get fixed right or something like that. So go back through your receipts and see if they listed those codes on there. Now, if if they did not list those codes out on your receipt, then you're kind of at their mercy. And that's something that most people don't know. What you need to do is probably next time we run our auto awareness class is attend one of our classes because we teach you all this kind of stuff. Okay. When, average when person do doesn't know. Classes? We generally hold them once a year, and there should be one coming up in the next couple of months. What you need to do is go on our website and go to auto awareness class, and you can register okay. online. Okay. And if you do that, what we'll do is we will send you an email before we announce it. Because once we announce it on the radio show, it fills up immediately. And a lot of people don't get a chance to get in. So okay, now, do y'all have a shop? Maybe, like, if you need yes, to ma'am. get... Where's your shop? Well, okay. go to our website, and it'll tell you everything you need to know about us, how to get there and everything else. To ask your question, we're right there on Corsi Boulevard. And, oh, okay, you're right by me then. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Sir, could you give me that website again? Yes, ma'am. It's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O, Agco Auto. That stands for Altazan's Garage Company. AgcoAuto.com. Okay. <laughs> AgcoAuto.com. And okay. uh, you go on that site, it'll tell you everything you ever want to know about us. Okay, well, good. Well, I'm going to do, I'm gonna just bring the car there. Yeah, bring, bring your receipts with, with you, and I can look them over, and I can see if this is just something that a continuing problem or if it's the same problem coming back or whatever. Okay, now what's your name? I'm Lewis. Lewis. Yes, ma'am. Okay, Lewis, because I'm right on the mirror. I can't. This okay. car, I don't know. I want to keep it, but. If I keep having that problem, that's yeah, basically yeah. the problem. Well, it, it'll nickel and dime you to death if you got the wrong guy working on it. So bring your receipts right. with you when you come in. Just call Elaine on Monday morning. She'll set you up a time to bring that thing in. We can check it and see what's going on. Thank you so All much. All right, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we'd love to have you. I think we got to take one more quick little break, and we'll be out of here and right back after that. For more details on an alien aircraft that landed in North America, we go to a press conference with General Toms. We have been able to communicate with the aliens using a special intergalactic code, and they are an inquisitive bunch. Uh, Questions like, uh, is Carrot Top an android? Um, Why are those birds so angry? Uh, And uh, who actually did put the bop in the bop shoe bop shoe bop? Sir, is it true they asked for a tow to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair? Yes, they actually explained to me about Agco and having repairs done for the overall lowest cost. They learned it all online at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. It seems like across the universe, everyone knows that Agco is the place to go. Did they seek any more information? Yes, they were curious to know the mysteries of the turducken. Sir, I've often pondered those myself. Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvan, president of Agco Automotive. We've got my 
Lead Tech Brian Terry sitting right here with me in between two of us will answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and just give us a call? Beverly was talking about, she says, well, do y'all have a shop? Yes, a lot sir. of folks don't realize that we do actually own and operate an automotive shop here in Baton Rouge because we try not to tout ourselves or, or promote ourselves. Right. The show's more about trying to give out good information, but yeah, we do own a shop. Yeah, <laughs> we work learn, every day. <laughs> that's where we learn all the stuff we know that's <laughs> to, it. to talk about on the show. So, like she was saying, if you want information on our shop or just the automotive business in general, the absolute best place to go to get the straight scoop, and that's our website. That's right. There's all the information there is free. There's nothing you have to pay for unless right. you want to buy something. Well, now, we have a, a few little things cart. on there. We can say uh, air pressure gauge, which is probably the best air pressure gauge in the world. If you're looking for a really high-end air pressure gauge, we can say you want one of those. Coffee cup, T-shirt, something like that. That's but, right, but we're not going to hound you over buying right. stuff. Right, and we're not going to try to sell you information. All our information on there is just for general circulation to people to try to help folks out because there is so much misinformation out there. That it really is. just unbelievable. And somebody has to put the truth out there, or at least try to put the truth there out there. There you go. There. But that website is agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. And, of course, there are vehicle questions on there. There's 675 of those in there. Those are short, to-the-point answers to a particular topic. That's right. you got detailed topics, which is a much more involved topic on a specific subject. Right. A lot more explanation of exactly what's going on there. For instance, there's one in there on the new... GM instrument panel cluster problems. There's one on the cylinder heads that crack. There's one on the spark plugs in the forward trucks that break off in the motor. There's general ones on oil filters. What's a good oil filter? Should I be using synthetic oil or regular oil in my car? Just, I think there's probably 200 or more of those in there. And just tons and tons of good information. You can also send me an email. Don't mind that at all. If you have a question that you don't see answered on there, you want more information, go ahead and just send me an email. I'll get an answer right back to you. It's agcoauto.com, A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com, and I think you'll find a whole lot of good information there. I think you'll really like it. I was researching an article, because last week we were talking about this General Motors commercial where this right. buffoon gets up here and says, mm. we paid off this total loan with interest. Right. And I'm saying to myself, I said, you know, they lost $1.5 billion last quarter. They, you... they have lost money every quarter since they borrowed this $49.5 billion. Right. So how, did they how pay can this you off? pay it back if you're steady losing right. money? And it really doesn't take a whole lot of research. Just go on the Internet, I invite everybody, and type in GM bailout payback. And you'll find out what a tangled web of lies and deceit this is. And oh, I'm, just I'm, calling, I'm just calling it how I see it. Basically, what they did is when they borrowed this money... A good portion of it was used to purchase their worthless stock, 60.8% of their stock, in a worthless company. Paid for by the government. Paid for by us. Right. In fact, that's way more than it was worth in its heyday. GM was when never they were, worth that kind yeah, of coin. when they were on top of the world. They also got 13 point something billion and stuck it into a slush fund. Well, what they did is they paid back $6.7 billion of that because they were paying 7% interest on it. Right. And that's what they paid back. And that's that's now, the big thing. Now, the kicker is this. At the same time, they applied to the Department of Energy for a $10 billion loan. At 5%. At 5% interest to retool. How about that? Yeah. So, basically, they're deeper in debt than they were before. And they're sitting here saying, oh, we paid the whole thing off. Where the interest? No, you didn't. That's right. And they don't even mention the fact that Canada also loaned them another $9.5 billion. And Germany, Germany also. I think a $1.5 and a lot of the money that they got from the hard-working U.S. taxpayer is going, going to Europe to develop Europe and South America. How about that? Because that's where they see the big market in the future. 
How about that, huh? <laughs> Americans, the average American taxpayer owes $117,000 because of this national debt. He can't afford to buy a car anymore. <laughs> no kidding, huh? Yeah. So we'll, we'll go to Europe and see if we can sell those guys. So, All right. You know, with the U.S. taxpayers. I mean, just the more you study it, the madder you'll get, I almost guarantee you. But just go on there and Google that and see what you find. Even the most spun, radical, <laughs> yeah, wacko still... sites out there are having a hard time with this one. Yeah. But yeah, it just amazes me, the stuff they can get by with. Oh, I know. Anyway, I'm off my soapbox now. Let's go to Paul Lines. We got Mac on the line. Good morning, Mac. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Doing, doing great, great, sir. I'm looking at buying a used Lexus, okay. uh, either 08 or 09. Okay. And I'm trying to distinguish, guys, between, quote, certified, you know, when they run a yeah. 161-point yeah. check or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and then a non-Lexus dealer. There's one here in town and yeah. there's one in New Orleans. I tell you what, uh, Mac, that certified ain't worth one penny. Really? All that is a used car with extended warranty tacked on the price and a fancy name. Okay. It ain't one bit better than anything else out there. We do a tremendous amount of pre-purchase inspections. We see a lot of used cars that we check before. They don't check out one iota better than the ones that aren't certified. You're way better off to find the best deal you can find, get the car checked, and skip all the hoopla. Because all they're doing is tacking an extended warranty onto the price and selling it at a higher price to you and calling it certified. Right, right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm just wondering if I could bring a car from New Orleans over to you and get you to look at it. Sure, do it all the time. Okay. We, we do it all the time. I tell you, now, if you want to save a lot of money, mm -hmm. go to my website first. And there's a whole segment on buying used cars and buying new cars. Okay. Read through that segment. There's even a checklist you can print out. The reason being, you will be able to probably narrow down about 90% of these yourself after you read that information. Okay. It's going to show you some things to look for that you maybe never thought about looking for. Do that, narrow it down to a short list. When you say, hey, this is the one I want, then bring that one to me and let me check it for you. And that's www? Uh, Agco Auto, A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. That sounds for Altazan's Garage Company. And you're over there on Corsi Boulevard, that is, right? Yes, That's sir. absolutely right. Great. Thanks, guys. I okay, will Matt. Thanks, sir. Bye-bye. Right, bye now. All right, 499-9526 number. If you want to part of the automotive fire, we'd love to have you. Matt brings up a good, good point. Two of the words that people are slinging around out there a lot now, one is certified, and in my opinion, that means absolutely nothing. Well, exactly. It's a used car, and they stuck an extended warranty onto the price, yep. kind of looked it over, maybe stuck a set of cheap brake pads on it, a set of junk tires on it. Yep. You're way better off just to go ahead and find your car. Now, I'm not saying don't buy one. I'm just saying just don't give it any extra credence that you would in any other car because it ain't no different. It's just a used car. We checked one not too long ago and couldn't find out it was actually a an ex-rental car mm -hmm. that this dealership had picked up. And it had a motor put in it. <laughs> Gee whiz. Yeah, and that was a certified used car. Yeah. Low mileage. So I'm not saying they're necessarily bad. I'm just saying. You need to watch you what you're buying. You need the same exact amount of caution with that you would in right. a used car. Right. And don't, other, don't let the name fool you. That's right. The other one is a Carfax report. Now, there's nothing wrong with a Carfax report. No, it's a great resource. It's a good resource, but it's very limited. That's right. Because what Carfax does is buys that information from insurance companies and car dealerships as to the warranty repairs and the you know, the wrecks that were handled under insurance. Correct. Now, what's not in there is the guy whose transmission burned up. He took it in the shop, and they said, hey, you got a burnt transmission. He says, hey, I'm going to sell a car. Didn't get it fixed. That's not in there. Exactly. Or, or guy that wrecked his car. That's right. Wrecked it. Had it fixed at an independent shop. Yep. The insurance company, dealership, know nothing about it. That's right. So it's not going to be in he, that report. He paid out of pocket for it. So that's, that's right. not going to be in there. So it's not that there's anything wrong with it just like there's nothing wrong with a certified car per se, 
it's just you can't you can't count take on that. yes right you can't use your final judgment right. on those two criteria you don't just go blind in blindly because somebody invented a fancy word and stuck on there <laughs> exactly i we actually had a customer he looked at six toyota camrys before right. he finally found one that wasn't damaged in yeah, some some, some kind way of a major problem that right. we would turn it down for i think two or three of those were certified used cars yeah yeah, I remember, I'll never forget that one of them comes in, big old 99-point inspection on the windshield. Right. Went to back it up, it wouldn't back up. Yeah. Check Should the transmission, three-quarters low on transmission fluid. Should have made it at a 100-point yeah. inspection and check the transmission point, fluid. Check transmission fluid. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty far. Yeah. yeah. I would really like to be able to back this car up at some point in time. Yeah, no kidding. So, hey, 499-9526, we still got a few minutes. You want to go ahead and give us a call. Glad to get you up there on top of the list, get your questions answered. And just in case you don't, not be able to get it answered all week. That's right. You can always visit our website any time of the week and get That's your right. questions answered there. 24-7. www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Stands for Altazan's Garage Company. Right. Easy way to remember. There's a contact ball on every page. You mm-hmm. can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night, and he'll get it back to you within 24 hours. And there's also a, several databases you can search on the site to get an answer to a particular topic. Mm-hmm. Depending on you know what you, how much information you're actually looking for. That's right, and you'll get tired of reading before you run out of stuff to read. I can Almost tell you. definitely, you'll learn more about the automotive business than you probably, probably ever wanted to know. know. <laughs> <laughs> for instance, have you ever wondered what five W thirty actually means? You yeah. Know, go on that site. It's going to tell you exactly what that means. Not only that, there's a whole article on all viscosity. Tell you how to test all viscosity and how to come up with those numbers. So it will tell you exactly what it means. A lot of in-depth information. That's right. And next week there's going to be a quiz on that. So. Oh, <laughs> better study up. <laughs> better study up this week. <laughs> www.agcoauto.com, A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. And we're going back to the phone lines with Chris. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How y'all doing? doing Good great, morning. Sir. I have a 2002 Cadillac CPS, yeah. GSP, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The, um, it's a wife's car. In the last couple of weeks i've noticed every once in a while when you go to start it mm-hmm. you turn the key to start and you release it to own and the con- motor continues to turn over yes, for sir. about three seconds yes sir they'll mm-hmm. do that see they all do that chris what happens when you turn the key on this car you're no longer turning a starter on what you're doing is you're telling the bcm you want to start the car mm-hmm. it grounds a relay which actually activates a starter it's going to turn over until the car starts when it sees the crank sensor picking up then it'll discontinue the starter now, it's always done that, but you probably never noticed it because it was probably starting a little bit faster. No, what, well, the problem is, mm-hmm. excuse me, it, it won't start. Okay. It, it'll turn over for about three or four seconds and mm-hmm. then nothing. Okay. And then I'll try it again. It'll do the same thing. Yeah. And about the third time, it'll be normal. Turns over a couple times and starts. Right. See, what that is, the cranking part of it is normal to the car. It's okay. just you never experienced it before because when you turn the key, it started. So you right. never heard that it was doing itself. What you got now is a, is a hard start problem. Now, is that... Most noticeable, like after you've driven for a while and it sits, or is it like first thing in the morning, or when does that problem occur? Uh, I think it's when you've been driving it. That's yeah, I've got a hard start after a hot soak, and it's pretty common on that car. The very first thing that you would check is the fuel pressure regulator. It's a part okay. up on the fuel rail, and what it does is it regulates the fuel pressure from the fuel pump. The fuel pump makes more pressure than the injectors need. So this mm-hmm. regulates it, returns the excess fuel to the fuel tank. Now, the problem is there's a little diaphragm in there, and if it ruptures, what will happen is it allows the fuel pressure to bleed off. Now, not only that, but it bleeds off into that vacuum line, which basically floods the engine. So okay. when you go to crank it, it has to crank several times to get the fuel back up to the front and clear all the fuel that's in there out, and then it'll go ahead and start. That's almost always the problem with that. Now, I'm not going to absolutely guarantee you that's it, but that's just a real common thing, and it's fairly easy to check. 
Okay. All righty. I uh, appreciate it. Thank you all right, very Chris. much. Thank all you, right. man. Bye-bye. Yeah, have a good one. Uh-huh. Thank you. All right, 499-9526. number of you want to be part of the Automotive Hour. we still got time for a question or two. That is a relatively common problem with that hard start. And a lot of folks don't realize that if you just turn your key and release it, the car is going to continue to crank until it starts. That's right. And it's just most of them start so fast, you never experience that. The new pickup trucks, I say new pickup mm-hmm. trucks, 04 and up, I think, right. have that feature on them. Yeah, just about They started at, most GM stuff starts in Cadillac, mm-hmm. and it works its way down through... Well, they, they, Chevrolet they, and they try it out on them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and let's see if this works. Yeah, <laughs> let's see how many problems we got with this. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad feature, but if you just hit that key, you can actually let it go, and it's going to continue to crank until the engine starts. Of course, once it starts, it sees the crank sensor turning, and then it just it continues dis- cranking. Right. So it actually helps to protect the starter. Now, I don't know if you continue to hold the key, or will it continue to crank, or does it stop cranking? Ah. Uh, Never did it to it. Yeah, I think it'll actually quit cranking, which is to protect the starter from, from engagement with a flywheel that's actually turning. Right. It's, it's a pretty neat feature. It's one of those things that they can just do now because of all the computers on the cars. And there's tons of things like that. It's that's just it. Now they can do them, whereas yeah, they couldn't do them in the past. It's all mostly software. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I see our time is completely gone. We want to go and get out of here and tell everybody how much I appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour. We'd also like to thank all our listeners that listen via podcast. That's right. All, wherever you are in the world. That's or, right. Or country. That's right. And always remember, we don't work on cars at ADCO. We fix them. That's it. You got it. <laughs> hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.